The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. I'm going I'm to start this message exactly the way the movie starts, by getting right to the toughest part right at the beginning. This is the, this is the opening scene in this movie. Um, last November, the sequel to the hit film, The Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever hit theaters. And for Marvel movie fans, uh, they knew why this story had to start so abruptly with something so difficult, even in story form. Um, The queen tells Shuri that her brother T'Challa, the Black Panther, the king of Wakanda, was with the ancestors, meaning he's with those that have already moved on before, meaning that he died. He's gone. And there's, there's two worlds happening anytime you're watching the big screen. There's the one that we absolutely love, right? It's the story world where we see this story come to life. We see the characters that we love and that we believe in. And then simultaneously, there's the real world that we actually live in, that those actors who bring the characters to life, they live a life just like us. And whenever movie franchises build their success on the strength of actors or talent, that means that unfortunately, the real world, the real one that we live in is going to have an impact on the story. And the reason why such a powerful character, the main character, the Black Panther, in the beginning of the sequel, died is because in reality, his actor in 2020, Chadwick Boseman, died at the age 43 from a one-year battle with cancer. And then Chadwick was, he's one of my personal favorites and my family's favorites. And, um, you know, Black Panther was probably his most notable character today. But, I mean, he, he brought some really great characters to life. In 42, he played Jackie Robinson, the athlete who courageously broke the color barrier, fighting against stolen equality by stealing bases. In 21 Bridges, he plays a detective who just shows relentless integrity even in the face of corruption. He was just such a great talent and an inspiration in such a loss. And for Letitia Wright, that's who plays Shuri, his sister, in the sequel, in the movie. You know, for her, she didn't just lose a co-actor or a brother in the story. She would tell you that she, she personally lost a brother. Uh, in, in Bozeman's own words, he said, I don't have a sister, but if I did, it, it would be Letitia. They, the reason, one of the reasons, beside their talent, why their on-camera relationship was, was so believable was because it was, it was true. They actually had a very powerful bond and connection off of the screen. It's my belief, even, that when you see her tears roll in any scene in the movie, when she's mourning him, that she's not acting at all. I think that the camera was... I think she was gracious enough to be transparent and show us in the world what she was really feeling about an actual brother that she lost. Man, people, this is the understatement of 2023. People really do matter to us, don't they? 
I mean, think about everything that you have, everything that you own, any achievement, any accomplishment. There's, there's not none of it you would hold on to to trade for a life that you love. It doesn't mean more to you than your grandparents, your parents, your kids, your siblings, cousins, people at work that make work worth going to, neighbors that love you like family. And, you know, us loving people isn't like a one-up on God that we got. Like, God intended, yeah, he actually intended for us to love and be connected to people actually the way that we do. In the beginning, when the relationship was just man and God, God, not man, God said, this isn't enough. It was the one thing that he said, this isn't good enough. Man needs others like him. He's going to need partnerships, relationships, friends. Yes, I am everything that he needs, but this would make it all the more special. God knows how important people are to us, that they make life worth living. He knows that they matter to us so much. It really, really poses the question, if they matter to us so much, then why do we have to lose them? Why, why can't we just hold on to the people that we love forever? And any of those relationships that I named, you're mine, all of you. I'm pretty sure there's someone who did, this doesn't affect. Any of those relationships that I named, your mind went to an empty seat where somebody sat beside you or used to sit in your life. And I honestly can give you the answer. I can tell you why. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why from the Bible, why we lose people. And you want to know what? It doesn't matter. Because it cannot change the fact that it's still going to happen. Mm -mm. Nothing I can give you today is going to be able, even the truth of why, is not going to be able to prevent you losing someone in your life. Right about now, Frederick is asking each other, don't we have a campus pastor of our own? Like, why do we, why do we gotta get videos from this guy? Chambersburg and online, you guys are like, Spence, I thought this was watch list. Like, I thought this was the fun series. Isn't this supposed to be the popcorn series? You're not, you're not giving popcorn right now, Spence. You, I know. I know, and, um, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm sorry. We, you know, we intentionally pick the movies that we pick, and I intentionally picked this movie not only because I'm a Black Panther fan. I wanted to talk about this. That's my confession. And I don't know, maybe it's because just within the span of a, a couple months, I have seen my wife's family lose their grandmother. I've seen my mom lose her best friend. I've seen someone I went to school with lose their son. And it's just kind of making me feel like, I don't know if we know this or not, but for some reason, death just does not care about our calendar. It don't care about our birthdays. It doesn't care about our Christmas. It doesn't care about our vacations. It doesn't have the common courtesy to send you a save the date and say, hey, by the way, mark your calendars because for, on this day, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for someone that you love. <laughs> no, it just shows up, 
and steal someone precious to us. And guys, I guess I just, knowing that, I love you, LifeHouse, and your, your campus pastor team and the LifeHouse community loves you. I, I guess I just want you ready for something that doesn't care about our calendar. But I can do this. Since I, I don't want to be the guy, since this, and this is my favorite series, and I love the fun that's in it, and so I, I don't want to be the guy that's known for turning watch lists into Schindler's List. I want to give you something today, and I, and I am going to give you something today, and this is what I'm going to give you, and I hope that you can receive and believe that even though I can't give you anything to prevent you losing someone, I can give you a chance to believe that there can, there can actually be gain, that there can be gain even in our loss. What I mean by that is that God is so good. God is so good that knowing how much people matter to us that he's not going to just let there be an empty seat in your life. God loves us enough that even in loss, God fills that seat and he fills us. He fills us with his strength to face it. He fills us even with joy somehow in the pain. He fills us with memories and moments that we'll never forget valuable memories and moments that will last forever. And the reason why God is empathetic to us losing is because he had to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. God knows about us losing those who we love because God had to lose someone he loved. Look, in the Black Panther story, the Black Panther gets his power. This is what you saw. Shuri was trying to find a way to rebuild this plant that was destroyed in the previous movie. And she's trying to rebuild it because she hopes that if she can get it to her brother, it can save his life. But he, he gets his power from this plant that can only be found in Wakanda. And the same way that he can gain it, it can also be taken away from him. Matter of fact, you see that happen in the previous movie when he has to level the playing field when somebody challenges him for the throne. So the same way he gains it, it can be taken away. When, when man's existence first began, we had a very powerful connection to God. And one of the things that we actually had through God was his power to live forever. The same way that we had that relationship, we could lose it, and we did. Man lost the powerful connection to God through disobedience. That's hard to hear, but it is the truth. And when, when disobedience happened, that was the beginning of sin, in, in the film, the Black Panther dies, T'Challa dies from a sickness. Sin began at that disobedience, and sin has been a sickness in mankind that led to our decay and eventually to all death. So God, wanting to gain us back, was willing to suffer a loss. Jesus, his son, was willing to suffer a loss. Jesus, 
Maybe you've heard this story before. If you come to church, you hear, you hear us say it every weekend. This is what the church is all about. We don't get tired of saying this, but maybe, maybe this is the first time you've actually heard it broken down. You see a cross on top of a church or on a tattoo or on somebody's necklace. The cross is where Jesus willingly died. He died on that cross so that that sin that kills us, this is why we die. This is why death exists, because sin exists. It decayed us. He died on that cross so that he could give us forgiveness of that sin and give us life reunited with God. You see the gain? You see the loss? God was willing to suffer a loss to gain us back. Our gain is the cross. Our gain is the, it's the first. It's not the only, but it's the first and foremost, most important gain in life. Our gain is the cross. God is the greatest example of gain through loss. Because through his willingness to lose his own son, he could gain us back. God's loss, stay with the math, God's loss was our gain. Because it's through that cross that we can regain an everlasting relationship with God. Even though that is the most important, the most important reunion to be reunited with God, to be back in fellowship with God and connected to his eternal life power, even though we have that, since God endured loss and knows what it feels like, he still even cares about us going through loss in this life. And he cares enough about it to give us a gain, even through the loss. Listen, in Matthew 5, verses 4, Jesus said this, Blessed are they that mourn. This is an empathetic, I know what it feels like to lose a loved one, God, right here. Blessed are those that mourn. Why? Because they shall be comforted. One of the most difficult parts about losing someone is that somewhere along the process, you will either maybe realize it on your own or a friend or a loved one or a counselor or a therapist, they're gonna tell you something like, you know, you're going to have to move on. Do what now? What, what, is, what is move on? Like, like, like leave them behind? This, this person that I lost, because honestly, maybe you've been trying everything to create the illusion that they're still here. Their name is the newest ink that you got tatted on you. They are the picture on your home screen. You've had to put up more pictures around them. Maybe, maybe you even listen to an old voicemail. We're scared and terrified to bring ourselves to maybe sell or donate or, or, or clean out their things because by doing that, we somehow can keep them alive. <laughs> we can't just accept that they're gone because if we do that, it's like we're betraying them. Like we're the ones <laughs> who are leaving them. I know I am hitting too close to home right now. I know. But somebody needs to hear me say this. Guys, that, that is not true. That's not true. 
And I know, like I said, this is, since this is, this is probably the toughest thing I got to communicate in this message, let me ease back a little bit. Let me, let me help show this with another clip, okay? So the, the clip that I'm about to show you, it, it, it's really going to help you see that I'm, I'm not telling you that when you have to move on from someone that their name or their legacy or their memory just goes away. No, no, never. In, in, this, in this clip, T'Challa's gone. Shuri has lost her brother, the king, the Black Panther, and their nation, Wakanda, is actually in trouble and could, could really use a hero right now. And I don't want to give all of it away. Now, you've had plenty of time to see this movie. I, I don't want to give all of it away, but preceding this clip, not only is Shuri dealing with losing a brother, she loses somebody else. And in this clip, she has to come to this place where she has to make a... Um, a very courageous decision to move on. Your mother protected me like I was one of her own. The least that I could do is try to return the favor. We need to find a way to weaken Nemo. Even weakened, he's still gonna be a problem. The Black Panther has never failed to protect Wakanda. I thought the Black Panther was gone. brother is dead, but it doesn't mean the Black Panther is gone. decision to try to again rebuild the, the heart-shaped herb, the, the plant that can give someone the opportunity to become the Black Panther, she not only has to make the decision to start the process, and it is a process, to start the process of moving on, she not only moves on, she moves up. She moves up into the role that she now knows that she has to be into the Black Panther. There is someone that you have to become. There is a stronger you, a wiser, a smarter, a more experienced you, a more loving, compassionate, talented, gifted. There is, there is a next level 
to you. There is a you that God is calling you to be and what God might use to move you up into that person is the loss of someone so great to you. Hear me on this. No, I am not saying that God took this person from you just for you to become who you're supposed to. Mm -mm. Remember, God did not want any of us to die. Death was not his plan. No, no, no. He loves you enough to give you gain even in your loss. There is somebody that you lost that was so great to you that you have, you absolutely have to, in order to move on from them, you have to move up into the next greater version of yourself. Remember the sensitivity of that verse in Matthew. Those who mourn will be comforted. I'm telling somebody today, God is telling somebody today that he is comforting you and calling you to move on and move up. Move on and move up into the person that he's calling you to be. Listen, when you do that, you, you, you're not leaving that person behind. You're stepping up into all that they would want to see you become. You're not moving on away from their memory. You're moving up into the might that God is building you to have and the person he's building you to be. Yes, absolutely. Keep their memory close. Keep their legacy alive. But this is what moving on and moving up is. Hear me on this. You, you have to have plenty of time, and it's different for everyone. You have to have plenty of time to grieve, to mourn, to be angry at God. Did you know you can do that when, somebody, when you lose somebody? He can take it. He's good enough. You have to have plenty of time for that. When God comforts you and calls you into the time to move on, you have to know that their memory should never anchor you in grief but accelerate you to great. I'm going to say it again because if you're a note taker, I didn't put this in the slides, you should write this down. Moving on and moving up is keeping their memory close, but their memory should not anchor you in grief but accelerate you to great. The greatest way that you can thank God for the people that he gave you in your life is to live out what he's called you to be and maybe even use the parts that they had a hand in and setting you up to becoming that. Let me, so preaching, preaching is probably the favorite job of any pastor. Believe it or not, it's not our only job, but it's probably the favorite job. For me, it's, it's the favorite job. I mean, let a motor mouth speak in a one-sided conversation for 30 minutes, actually assuming that the people want to hear what I want to say. That's like a dream come true. So preaching is like my favorite part of the job. And even though I've been in ministry for a long time, I had to give little messages and things in there, but I can pinpoint the moment that preaching, the weight 
the, the conviction of the word of God and the compelling to deliver it, I can pinpoint the moment where I crossed that threshold. For me, um, my Black Panther was my dad. Um, he was my Black Panther not only because he is the black contributor to my genetic makeup. He's, he's my Black Panther because he's one of my first heroes, like a dad is supposed to be. My dad, he was the pastor in his family, not just our, my immediate family, in his family. He was the pastor to his brothers and sisters and cousins. I remember growing up and just hearing him speak scripture all the time. Not, he wasn't perfect, but I, I, I remember hearing him speak scripture and not even in like, like devotional settings. To me, something more valuable, like on the fly, in real time, in, in situations, he would let friends and cousins of ours live with us and he made sure that they knew the gospel. If he wasn't pushing us to teach them the gospel, he, he just, he pastored. He was the pastor, in, and among his friends and, and his co-workers, he was the pastor. The moment that I can pinpoint that God was calling me to move on and move up into me being a pastor was at my dad's funeral. It was the first time that I knew that whatever I put together, it better do its job. It better bring the gospel. It better have the weight of heaven and hell on, on my shoulders. Like, it's, that's the one moment that I can remember. And that, and that key moment, I had to begin the process of, it was, and it was a process. It wasn't an instant. But the moment of not only moving on, but moving up. And not only moving up into the role my dad had, but to go farther and do greater than the example that I've seen him do. And look, I'm, come on, I'm up here getting teary-eyed. Look, if my example isn't enough, then let me just give you Jesus. Let me just go to Jesus. Because Jesus told us we have to move on and move up, even in reference to him. Listen, Jesus comes to earth. He dies. God brings him back from the dead. Very important. Because friends and family and followers had just mourned the loss of Jesus. Like when we mourn the loss of someone. But they get him back. God brings him back from the dead, very important to the gospel belief. God brings him back from the dead, and no sooner does he get back, they're like, oh, Jesus, we got you back. He's like, all right, I'm going to head out. What? Yeah, I got to go. Jesus, no. no you, you can't. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You, you, you cannot, you can't hold on to me physically here. You can't hold on to me physically here, or you, my church, will not become all you're supposed to be. Look, I'll tell you in his own words. We're in John 14, verse 12. This is what he says. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. You're gonna do. You're gonna follow my example. You're gonna do the things I've done. Wait a minute. And they will do even greater things. You're gonna move on and you're gonna move up. They will do even greater things than these. Why? Because I'm not here. Because I'm going to the Father. I have to go. And because I go, and because God is so good, he's going to give you gain, even in your loss. Jesus was telling him, look, in, in, in this body, I'm only one person like you. Even though I'm God, I have removed all of that. That's the whole point of my human sacrifice is to come down to your level. So in this body here on earth, I'm only one person. But if I leave... Now I can send you a better version of myself. 
I can send you my spirit that will not only be with you, but in you so that wherever all of you go, now I have covered the entire earth with my presence and my spirit through you. Let me, let me continue. Verse 25, he says, look, all these things I've spoken while still with you. I'm here. I'm here right now, but I got to go. I got to go. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. Peace I got to go. And if even Jesus, if even Jesus we have to move on and move up from, then we can and we have to do it with any loved one that we've lost. In the final scene of the film, Wakanda Forever, Shuri goes to Haiti to visit her sister-in-law, T'Challa's widow. She goes out on the beach for this moment with herself. She brings the robe that she wore at her brother's funeral. And she has a seat on the beach. There's a fire there. She, she burns the robe. Closure. She burns the robe and you just see these clips like in silence. You just hear the breeze on the beach and she just sees these memories of her brother. You know, you know what that's like. She laughs, she smiles, she cries. She, she lets him go. And fades out and that's the end. The credits roll. But there's more. Shuri, can we join you now? This is my son, Toussaint. This is your auntie, Shuri. Hi. We agreed it was better for him to grow up here, away from the pressure of the throne. Your father, your Baba, prepared us for his death, didn't he? But he didn't want us to go to the funeral, because he felt the time was not yet right. So we had our own ceremony for him here. Did my mother meet him? She did. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Toussaint is a beautiful name. It holds a great history. Thanks. Yours is cool too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my mom says you're gonna keep my secrets. Is that true? Yes, I can keep a good secret. 
Toussaint is my Haitian name. Ogubani. My name is Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. this clip so special is that it's an end credit scene. Now, if you're a Marvel movie fan particularly, they're not the only films that do this, but they, ah, they've mastered it. If you're a Marvel movie fan, you know that you go watch any Marvel film, it's done. People get up, they walk out, they've had too much soda, they gotta go. You're patient. You sit and you wait, you watch moments and moments of the credits just roll and then something special like this comes up. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like it's out of the story. It, it gives you a glimpse inside, maybe what could come next or, or something special. And this is by far, this by far ranks as one of the best. You can see in this moment when Shuri sees her nephew, her son's brother, she is in awe. She can't believe her eyes. And when she looks into his eyes, it's like seeing her brother alive again. One day, the credits are going to roll on all of our lives. Or maybe, we don't know this, maybe we will be who sees the credits finally roll on all of life. One day, the end will come. The credits will roll. And for those who have waited in Jesus, there is an end credit scene. I'm going to finish this out in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is talking to them. He's talking to us. He's talking to all generations of believers. And he says, hold up. Don't get up out of your seat. Don't you move. I know what you heard was tough today. You have to wait to see this end credit scene. And this is what he says. Chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed. Don't you dare get it twisted. We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, those who have died. We do not want you to be uninformed so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. With no hope, there is a world around us that will lose people and it will be the absolute end for them. And he says, no, 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 not those of you who are waiting on the end credit scene in Jesus. No, 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 that's not how you grieve. No, no, you're going to grieve with hope, and here's why. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, those that we lost and that believe the same in Jesus as us, will meet us again in the end credit scene. As if our relationship and our reunion with God wasn't enough, and you better believe it's going to be more than enough. The, the greatest reunion that we will have will be to finally be reunited with the God that we lost connection from. And it will overshadow and overwhelm everything. But because he is so good and loves us so much, he said, well, if I'm coming, I might as well just make it a party. There's an end credit scene. And I hope that knowing that will do two things. 
Jesus said in Matthew, those that mourn will be comforted. I hope that you are both comforted and compelled. I hope that knowing the truth that those who are in Jesus can be reunited with those that are in Jesus. I hope that it compels you to share the story of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus with anyone you can, starting with those that you hold dear. And if you're a little unsure about how to do that, pay attention. You're about to get a crash course because I'm about to ask all of you. Did you see what that verse said? The ones who are waiting on the end credit scene are the ones that believe that Jesus died and rose again for them. I believe that. My dad believed that. Do you? Do you believe it? And if you're not sure, let's make it right right now. If you believe that Jesus gave his life on the cross for you, that God brought him back from the dead to give you a a reunited relationship with God and for all of eternity, and you want that, I just need you from your heart. Wherever you are at any of our campuses, anywhere online to say, yes, Jesus, I believe and I want that right now. I want that. I'm going to invite our prayer teams at all of our campuses to go to your station. Some are in the back of the room, some are on the sides of the stage, online. We have a, 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 a host who's ready to be there for you. I want you to tell them if you made that decision today. Any of you can come forward for prayer, but if, if, if you're coming to pray and if you made the decision to trust Jesus, please let somebody know that there's a digital option coming up on your screen or a link in your comments. Tell us that way that you made the decision to trust in Jesus. Look, for some of you today, this message was too soon or too close. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for sitting still when everything in you told you to get up, for staying on when everything to everything in you told you to click off. I want to thank you for staying. And I want to get the, the song we're about to sing. I intentionally picked this one. We're going to sing about the goodness of God. And there's, there's a line in here that I love so much. To me, it just shows more of that heart that God has to care about those that we've lost. It says, God, I, I've known you as a father. I lost a father. Some of you have lost a mother. I've known you as a friend. Many of you have lost people that were close to you. God fills that seat and he fills us. He's given you all the strength and power that you have to eventually move on and move up into who he's calling you to be. He won't let your, your, your pain be in vain. He will give you gain. And so I wanna invite you if you'll move up Move up out of your seat. Will you stand with us at at your campus right now? Your worship team is coming. Will you join them in singing about just how good God is? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.